Chucky wants to watch the nine o'clock news. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Uh, it's been like a two-week recording sabbatical for us because we had the pre-record there with the Predators there in the Chevello. Chevello brought some energy. He, yeah, he has a I'm lot of energy. I'm feeling a bit of pressure to bring some energy. Energy. And like he commentated on the podcast, it felt like. Yeah. It's all there, guys. What a movie. 10 out of 10. Yeah. There was a <laughs> Good night, Irene. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. It's got sci-fi. It's got action. It's got it all. 10 out of 10. <laughs> he didn't say that at all. He didn't say that at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> hey, um, special week again. It's Halloween month. It's Halloween month. It's the week before Halloween, I think, based on my... I think the calendar will be out when this comes out. And, you know, the, the episode that comes out in the week of Halloween mm-hmm. due to our diehard commitment to the premise of doing Keep going. every 10th episode of Jean-Claude Van Damme movie will be Time Cap. Keep going. Yeah, which I started watching already. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that because <laughs> I think it's like better than people say or not better than people say it's an overall underrated movie perhaps, but I could be wrong about that entirely. I heard it's better than Looper. Oh, ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. Ridiculous to suggest otherwise. Yeah. Um, are you a big Halloween guy? You spent some time in the United States. You know what? I think Halloween is nice because it's, it's for everyone. That's what I learned in the US was oh, okay. Uh, okay. every holiday there is for some people and not for everybody. Okay. There's a little bit of like About Thanksgiving. Yeah, but even that, that's like Australia Day. There's a bit of... Oh, yeah, like yeah. an invasion. Whereas Halloween, like unless you're a witch or a ghost, it's pretty inoffensive. Yeah. Or a pumpkin. Or a ghoul. Or a ghoul, yeah. Or a skeleton. Or a skeletor of some sort. Yeah. And it's it's cool. And People always, get drunk and get dressed up. Well, there's all these okay there's all me. these layers to it which are pretty good. There's always a good party. Actually, our old apartment used to have a great yeah, party every yeah. year. I've seen some photos. But then there's also all the kids that get all dressed up. I don't even know what's going on in there in these cute little outfits. And then there's like the dog Halloween parade. <laughs> in, <laughs> Carol uh, tried to – Carol's quite into it. I think she does it for the for the dress-ups of the kids. Mm. And she was like, oh, can I spend – is 50-something dollars too expensive for a costume for Lola? $50,000. $50. Oh, yeah. I said yes. Fair too expensive. Cost per wear is high. $50. I guess, yeah, actually, we're talking about Halloween. This is a this episode is a bit of a, a Halloween spooktacular. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing a scary movie. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> There's nothing more to it than that. That's enough, isn't it? What but more do you want? spooky episode. Yeah. Because we're doing Child's Play. Child's Play. Blood Buddy. Oh. So this came out in a year... It's probably of no significance to either of us. 1988? That's where you'd be wrong. Oh, it didn't come out in 88. No, it did. <laughs> but it's significant to us. Is it to it's us? It's significant though? to all of us. To one of us. <laughs> to one as in all. Uh, Expo 88. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just one of the most important times in history, basically. So, Expo 88, it's like a World's Fair thing. Yep. That we hosted one year. 
in Brisbane. In Brisbane. In South Bank. You bring it up every time we do an 88 episode and for some reason it's been a long time. It has been ages. It's since <laughs> Beetlejuice, so it's, which was back in uh, like April or something. Something like that. So where we got to was we just, well, we, I thought I would just give a little flavour of a specific area of Expo 88 for our listeners each time we do an 88 film. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far we've done Ken deep dive into the great Aussie artist Ken Doan. Yep. Uh, who did the, the signage, the sculpture of Australia out the front. Uh, then we talked about the New Zealand uh, exhibition and Foot Rot Flats, the iconic Kiwi cartoon. Um, yes. So given we've got uh, a bunch of new listeners today, seemingly primarily from the US, uh, we've, our 30% has spiked to 30 4.25%. Yeah. And introduce them a little bit more. So apologies, this will be a bit of an overview and apologies if you're well-versed in Expo 88. But if you are a real friend of the show, you're okay to hear a little bit more about Expo 88. I mean, who wouldn't want to yeah. hear more? Correct. So I thought where should I start for our American friends? Um, what better place than through the travel section of the New York Times in uh, – January 1988. <laughs> oh, wow. A Guide to the Sites of World Expo 88. Now, it was a relatively long article, so I've um, taken the liberty of summarising. So I'll read all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll do Chucky next week. Uh, so, yeah, here's just a few key excerpts of their summation. The major event of Australia's bicentennial this year will be World Expo 88 in Brisbane, the country's third largest city and the state capital of Queensland. Mm. About 40 countries and scores of corporations will take part in the event, a mix of entertainment, cultural history and high tech under the theme of leisure in the age of technology. Knowledge, knowledge. <laughs> it sounds like edutainment to me. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. In a carnival atmosphere of non-stop wandering street entertainers, nightly fibre optic parades and space age fireworks, interactive exhibits will delve into electronics, sports, the arts and communications. Wow. Hovercraft will leave the Sheridan Mirage Gold Coast Hotel twice a day for the exhibition. That really puts you in there, doesn't it? Hovercraft. Uh, Hovercraft. That felt like the future then. The two-hour journey. (laughs) (laughs) When was the last time you read about Hovercraft? Were we on Hovercrafts in Norway? No, they were just boats, weren't they? Oh, I think they're just those awesome fan boat things. Okay. They felt hovercrafty. Yeah, close. It's as close as we'll get. Yeah, yeah, we were in the past then. <laughs> uh, typical prices for appetizers called entrees in Australia are three to five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that took like oh, two entrees, <laughs> entrees. <laughs> At some restaurants known as BYOs, you may bring your own wine or liquor. Wow. For more information, write to World Expo 88 Ticket Centre, General Post Office, Box 50, Brisbane, Queensland, 2004. <sighs> sorry, 4001, Australia. You had to write to you it. had to write to them. Wow. So that's just a really light dusting of some of the themes that were coming through from a guide perspective to, the, Interesting. to our Yankee brothers and sisters. It really got me thinking, though, yeah. like, has the world ever needed an expo more than it does in 2020? I think you're right and I think we were on a trajectory for things like jetpacks and hovercrafts mm. that have taken a dip since World Expos have, you yeah, know, yeah, not yeah. happened. There's a direct correlation there. Yeah, there's been 
there's been a regression in the in the use of hovercrafts. Yeah. And monorails. Yeah. Yeah, monorails. There was a monorail here. Man, the, oh, fucking Ogdenville to North Haverbrook. To Brisbane. Man. So it's it does beg the question, yeah, where's the focus on what matters? Yeah. Um, but you know what? I think it's interesting, Greg, because our tests for cultural relevance of, of, of a cultural artefact, like a movie but also like an expo, is did Simpsons do it? Yeah, yes. And Simpsons did it. Are you familiar with this? I've oh. been saving this one because I found out right after the last time we did 88. Uh, Knoxville? No. Expo 88. <gasps> no way, Jose. Yeah. So this comes from friend of the show, Quilty Rules. Quilty Rules. He pointed this out to me. Actually, I should say it because it will be on my history. <laughs> 10th of May. <laughs> in Back in the 10th of May. It was, must be right after we did Beetlejuice. He's like, hey, guys. Just to make sure you know about the Expo 88 reference in The Simpsons, I'm guessing you do but haven't heard you mention it. By nope. the way, excellent work, thanks. Um, so I've got it here. Ah, oh, and you've been saving it. Thanks. What a day of surprises. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks to our friends at Disney+. Plus. It's from the later seasons, so I assume you haven't seen this. Season oh, yeah. T- season 26, episode 19, the kids are all fight. Um, I just had the worst dream. I lost one of the kids at the World's Fair. It's okay. Which one? Brisbane, 88. <gasps> That's so horrible, baby. I know, I know. Now don't worry, they're right here in the bed. <laughs> oh, my life is complete. <laughs> they took a little dig, but you know, uh, that's what they do. They did have a little dig and um, Expo, please. Brisbane. <laughs> Sydney's th- uh, Sydney's Australia's third largest city. <laughs> the world's smallest country's third largest city. Oh, I love it. So good. So there you go. Oh, thank you. I've been sitting on that for a while. Uh, who was it from again? Quilty Rules. Quilty Rules. Thank you, my friend. Man, that one was eating me up inside. Oh. <laughs> it feels good to get it off my chest. Yeah, I feel a bit of lightness. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, hey, 88 was a, a big year for um, expos and um, articles about expos in various um, uh-huh. magazines from New York. Yep, yep. Big year for movies too. Oh, yeah. We've done quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. But these are, it's quite a year and we haven't done it in a while, so I will read the top ten because it's quite compelling. Mm. Yeah. Number one movie in 1988 was Rain Man. Number two, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Number three, mm. Coming to America. Number four, Crocodile Dundee 2. Number five, Twins, which we've done. Number six, Rainbow Three. Number seven, Big. Number eight, Die Hard, which we've done. Number nine, Masquerade. Number ten, The Land Before Time. But it doesn't ah. stop there. It's also the year of Beetlejuice, which we've done. It's the year of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It's the year of Scrooge, The Fish Called mm. Wonder, Bloodsport, mm. which we've done. Naked Gun, which we've done. And Action Jackson. Jackson. Action Jackson. <laughs> Jackson. The Sean Connery cut. Um, quite a year, quite a year, quite a year. Something that's just outside the top 10, just outside the top 20, coming in at number 26 in 1988, was a small little movie about a little plastic man called Child's Play. So Child's Play came out in November of 1988. Budget of $9 million, a return, a gross 
worldwide box office figure of $44.2 million. Now, that's pretty damn good. It's good, Romy. That's good, Romy. Now, I, I dare say that those other movies in the top ten had a budget um, significantly higher than $9 million. Uh-huh. Do they have the Romy of, of, of a child's play? I, I didn't work it out, but I assume no. Almost certainly not. Yeah. What with those casts? Yeah. Mr. Dustin Hoffman and Sir Thomas Cruise. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, critics generally liked it. Uh-huh. Coming in at 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Audiences generally liked it slightly less, coming in at 63%. Yeah. These don't feel too far away from what I would expect. Perhaps would have thought audience score to be higher. Yeah. Which is interesting. Me too. Yeah. 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 I'm not, I'm not sure what sits behind that. I'm curious to hear what you thought about it, but uh, we'll have to wait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, Greg, was this one for you? This is a sneaky, sneaky, watch it without mum knowing little kind of picture? Or? Uh, the Chucky series. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Chucky 1, I have a very clear memory, although it doesn't pertain to my own viewing. Okay. It, it pertains to my brother Brendan, my yeah. five-year-older brother, mm-hmm. who's quite a scaredy cat. Interesting. Now, he doesn't know what a podcast is, so we're safe here. <laughs> um, Neither does my sister. <laughs> yeah, I've learned this. It's, uh, 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 <laughs> and it's, if if they genuinely don't know, it's pretty hard to explain. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like a it's like radio. Oh, okay. So when's it on? Wait, what? No, it's just there. <laughs> yeah, I just I was on the on the way over here. I rang my grandfather, and I just said I'm doing a radio show. <laughs> Felt easier. Fair enough. It sounds kind of cool. And to too. be honest, though, if I did explain what a podcast was, he would understand. Yeah, he's just a smart guy. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> not that my brother's not. He doesn't know what a podcast is. <laughs> so my podcast. Unaware, scaredy cat brother watched it. Yeah. And they watched it at our house. I think I was at home. I might have been pretty young. I would have been about eight or something. And yeah, he slept in mum and dad's bed for a week. Oh, wow. A week. Wow. Yeah, he was fully freaked out by this movie. Wow, that's fascinating. Because it's not all that scary. It's the rewatch, yeah, we'll get into that. But I, so I watched this. Did you? Remember? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is a good, it wasn't good as, segue. It wasn't as big Segue. as like a Freddy or something. Freddy was like my thing. That yeah. was like my main one, my main scary thing as a yeah. kid. I definitely watched this at Jono's house. And as I read up on the sequels, I realized I watched most of them there. Because it's one of, one of those ones you don't remember until you look at it. Which but one I, do you remember uh, first? Actually, I don't know if I remember the second one, but I remember the third yeah, one. Where is that in the army? Yeah, that was my clearest one. Yeah, clearest and I was memory. like. Oh, I have seen – I thought I hadn't seen any of the other ones. Yeah. And with this Damn, one – I got to get out of this fucking body. Yeah. <laughs> and in this one specifically, I didn't think I remembered that much, but then uh, I won't get into the rewatch yet, but there were a few things like the woman dying by hammer to the head mm-hmm. and Chucky wants to watch the 9 o'clock news. Yeah. I just remember me and Jono saying that all the time because we thought it was funny the way the kid <laughs> talked. Like that is He did random. talk a bit funny. Yeah. So it was there, but it wasn't like super meaningful to me, but it was definitely there. I definitely view it as like a pretty iconic character. Yeah, for sure. Like up there with a Freddy and a Jason and a yeah. Michael Myers type. He's got a seat at the table. He probably does. A, probably a booster seat. Because it's quite a it's, – well, it's not that unique, I guess. There's lots of scary dolls. But it, in that world, it's up there on the, the Mount Rushmore of those scary faces. In my world. Yeah. In my mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was interesting to rewatch 
although we were going to do this sometime last year, so we did re- we both rewatched it last year, uh-huh. which may have taken the edge off slightly. Yeah. In in this current rewatch, I lost my notes from that rewatch, so I, who knows what I thought? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very different time. Very different time. Pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, would you care to tell us a little bit how this whole thing came to be? I would love nothing more than that, Greg. Origin story. The origin story of Child's Play. It's a tale of an, one ambitious university student, a producer with a thing for dolls, <laughs> and a director who was a bit of a jerk. A thing for kids. Wait, what? <laughs> So um, a young university student by the name of John Mancini mm-hmm. got the idea while he was studying film at university. Oh. Um, his dad was an ad man. Ah. Not dissimilar to the two of us. I suppose you could call us ad men perhaps. Sort yeah, of, kind I guess of. we are. guess we are. Well, not me. I don't have a job. But You're an ad man, goddammit. <laughs> an ad man, goddammit. Um, so, you know, he's probably equally as cynical as us when it comes to advertising. And he was – compelled around the, the, the public response to things like Cabbage Patch Kids mm. and and My Buddy Dolls, I think was one of the other ones. Parents lining up around the block for these yeah. stupid dolls. Fighting. And there, were, there was this trend of like hyper-realistic kind of dolls, Ugh. like dolls that poo and stuff. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I remember and like that. The, and it will be your friend and it's like you look after it and you have to do this and do that. And so he was – And he the thought, eyes? Yeah, yeah, that thing. Yeah, Exactly. So that was like this really weird trend. And the the buddy doll, wait, hang on, what was it called? Cabbage Patch? So I didn't even realise this because we didn't have it in Australia that I'm aware of. But there's a there was a doll that is pretty much Chucky called My Buddy. Ah. It went out of business shortly after Child's Play. <laughs> Go figure. But um, certainly when it came to the design of the doll, they heavily borrowed from this. I don't know if it's exactly what Mancini had in his head but it's what we ended up with. I've got an ad for the original doll and now it seems like a horror movie of some sort. <laughs> my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, wherever I go, he goes. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy and me. There's a sister version. Look at that. Sister. I would argue that's scarier. From play school. Yeah, it's a deadness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so needless to say, uh, an idea was sparked. A world of realistic toys that seemed quite creepy and bizarre and a bizarre trend and a, we- a weird world of advertising and consu- consumerism where kids and parents alike were obsessed with these fucking things. Yeah. And then from from a craft perspective, from a filmmaking perspective, he was heavily influenced by a few bits and pieces floating around uh, in film history, I suppose. There's a film called A Trilogy of Terror, which I believe was a collection of different stories, like an anthology kind of thing, one of which was a doll that comes to life and attacks <laughs> its owner. Um, yep. But also a Twilight Zone episode called Living Doll. Yeah. Which is pretty badass. I've got a little clip here. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Like it's simple. It's not gory or anything, but it's just like it's, I've got a bit more on the history of of uh, scary dolls later, but this is one of the OGs. This is what, you know, kind of brought it into the mainstream. Uh-huh. She's alive, Daddy, and her name is Taki Tina. 
talking Tina, and I love you very much. Will you shut that thing off? My name is Talkie Tina, and I think I could even hate you. <laughs> My name is Talkie Tina, and you'll be sorry. Be a good girl, Tina, and eat your supper. Eat your own supper, Christy. Hello? My name is Talkie Tina, and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> That's pretty fucked up, right? It's great. And as I watched that just now, because I didn't watch the full clip before. <laughs> I mean, Twilight Zone is definitely one of those things I want to rewatch, but I think I need to look up like what are the top 20 yeah. episodes or something because I think there's like a million episodes. But um, Top 20 is generous. Yeah. <laughs> but that one, it reminds me of, we've talked about this with It, right, that the basic clown is scarier than the clown that tries to look scary. 100%. Like, that was just a normal doll. Yeah. And the voice was just normal. There was no... I haven't seen Annabelle, but that looks scarier to me than Annabelle. Just like the because it's an ordinary doll. Yeah. Any doll in your house could be that. Yep, it's fucked up. Agree. Same with the clown in it. The original clown is scarier because it's just some yeah. ordinary dude. It could just be a weird. He just looks old like a pedo. Yeah. Versus the versus the remake 2017. It yeah. where they tried to zhuzh him up. He's already scary. Clowns are scary. Dolls yeah. are scary. Yeah, he looks drunk and. Yeah. Creepy. I don't it's know. Creepy, He man. looks like he's got a van. Yeah, exactly. Blacked out windows. Oh. So this kid, Mancini, saw that, stayed with him. This kid, Mancini, is studying film and he's got a few ideas and he's, he decides to write a script. Originally called Batteries Not Included. Mm-hmm. When he started to shop this around, he, he got caught wind of a Steven Spielberg movie of the same name. something existing, well, right? It didn't exist then, but okay. it was about to. And yeah. they're like, you got to change the name, buddy. He's Spielberg's like, got it. Oh, okay. He was like, no worries, buddy. That's it. Buddy. Blood Buddy. So that was, it was called Blood Buddy for a while. Yeah. But that version of the script was quite different to what we saw in our little screens. The Darker Grittier? Uh, darker Grittier, more of an actual satire and like psychological, I suppose, kind of thriller. So allow me to elaborate. So the idea at the time was, you know, oh, these dolls, they're so real, yada, yada, yada. This doll would be a doll that bleeds. So, you uh-huh. know, boys playing with the doll, if they too rough with it, it bleeds and you've got to bandage it up, you know, action, mm. whatever. And this kid, this lonely kid, Andy, he doesn't really have any real friends. Yeah. So he, you know, you know, like, Blood brothers, blood buddies, you cut each other and you go, yeah. yeah. They do it in, um, do they do it in, they do it in Stand By Me. Feels like it. Feels like they would. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know, at least that two weeks ago. a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to become so learned about movies, but one yeah. in, one out. Yeah, I had this same epiphany. Yeah. I was learning something interesting every this week. week and, then, and then I was like, you know what, it's, I'm not going to remember that in yeah, two weeks. It gets squeezed out by something new. Anyway, this is what happens. They he 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 shares blood with the doll, and that's the the mechanism to bring him to life. Ah, that's interesting because yeah, yeah. The, the voodoo hence, bit, hence blood buddy. But then more interesting, which actually Mancini stands by as he kind of wished they stuck with this. But he, what was he to do? He's just a uni student, right? The initial idea was the doll would actually represent Andy's suppressed rage. Oh, and it would come to life when he's asleep. And seek revenge on people that pissed him off. Oh, and yeah. when I say pissed him off, it could even be like, you know, he resented his mother a little bit for being not enough time for him. So it would be like, 
I'm going to go get her now. Um, you know, that, that kind of shit. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of cool. And it seemed like a, a, a bit of a sharper bite in terms of uh, more of a satire of, you know, consumerism and advertising to kids and mm. that kind of shit. Mm. Oh, yeah, and it was also a little more ambiguous as to whether it was Andy or Chucky. Ah, uh, that's Which I thought I like it that. could have used. Yeah, a bit of an American If you didn't know for type. a little bit, yeah. I mean, I think by the end you knew, but it took longer. Mm. It took longer for you to go, oh, wait, is this just, is it just a crazy kid though? Yeah. 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 I would have been into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enter producer David Kirshner. Ah, oh, yep, the Kirsch. He'd worked with Spielberg in the past. He was an up-and-comer. He was kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. He just read a book called... Known the, Around Town. Known Around Town. He just read a book called The Dollhouse Murders. Ah. And he told his assistant, his reader or his whatever, developer, Dolls. Dolls. Yeah. It's all about dolls. I want to be in the doll business. Yeah. Find me a movie about dolls. Yeah. After reading this book is like dolls is where it's at. Guys and dolls. <laughs> that was the first, uh, first attempt. Just a crazy like, bunch no, of guys and dolls. Get rid of the guys. Just dolls. Damn it. And um, his person, assistant, whatever, was like, I've got a script for you. It's called Blood Buddy. It's right up your alley. Mm. Everyone else is passing on it. But, you know, this is a big opportunity for us. He says, I'm in. Yeah. So the production company United Artists picks it up, but at this time it does get a pretty hefty rewrite from John Lafia. Now, this isn't this mm. isn't so much a last action hero kind of rewrite, rewrite. Yeah. It wasn't quite as hostile as that. Good reference. Mancini went on to write all of the Chucky movies. Yeah, he's Mr. He's Mr. Chucky. He's Mr. Chucky has kind of always done, actually. Yeah, it's, his, it's his body of work. And this rewrite at Lafayette, he directed the second one. So I believe they have a good working relationship. Mancini's a uni student. He's just happy that things get made. I think he's happy to be like, oh, yeah, okay, if you, whatever you think it needs, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on board. He was, he was kind of okay with it at this stage. They wanted to make Andy more sympathetic, so, you know, not necessarily have the doll be his subconscious seeking revenge on those that have yep. wronged him. Simplif- they're simplifying it. Yeah, 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 yeah. For our washed up minds. Exactly. And, and this is where the serial killer soul idea came in. So Charles, the Charles Lee Ray slash Chucky idea came into it then. So no longer a blood buddy. It was the soul of a serial killer. There's mm-hmm. something or other strangler. What was he? Um, the Scranton strangler. I missed that bit. But even still at this point it was a slightly different origin story of how he got in the doll. He was actually having the death penalty by electrocution, <laughs> but a nearby doll factory was producing <laughs> Chucky dolls, and you know, waka waka waka, accidentally gets up inside, a, ends up inside a doll by accident, like um, like Snake, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. In his little wig, mm. in his hair. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, side note, little trivia side note: Chucky's full name, Charles Lee Ray, was taken from the names of notorious killers. Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James Earl Jones. No, James Earl Ray. <laughs> I don't know who that last one is. He's a serial killer. That was meta. Now, how's this for meta? Not really meta, but wordplay of some sort. Yeah. Directed by Tom Holland. Yeah. Not Spider-Man, some other one that was around before he was Spider-Boy. Spider-Boy. So this guy comes in. This is one of those movies. Again, each origin story has got a slightly different flavour. Sometimes it all starts with the director. Sometimes it all starts with the producer. Sometimes it all starts with the writer. This is the writer one. The director was kind of the last piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. in this case. And they got this guy, Tom Holland. But before we get into no that. No relation. No relation at, at all whatsoever. 
the part he added to the script because he did have some input on the actual script was the voodoo aspect. He got rid of the electric chair. He's the culprit. Well, I don't mind, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we will get into that. Um, but before that, there was a few pre-directories here. Oh. Directories? Directies. Where's Craven? No. William Friedkin. Oh, well, I've really done it this time. <laughs> a, a, I was doing so well. <laughs> oh, man. There's a few names here. <laughs> William Friedkin or Friedkin. Uh, he did The French Connection, The Exorcist, oh. Blue, Blue Chips <laughs> oh. and Killer Joe. What an unusual body of work. When I read these out, I'm just reading the highlights, like the ones I've seen. Mm. Irvin Kirshner, the, the Kirshner connection is real. He directed The Empire Strikes Back, which I didn't realise George Lucas didn't direct. It was a Star Wars film. Yeah. yeah. Um, Never Say Never Again, Robocop 2, loves the sequel, this guy. Mm. And it was nominated for a Palm Door for Hoodlum Priest, which I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, Robert Wise was also considered. He's an Academy Award winner for West Side Story, Sound of Music. He edited Citizen Kane. Whoa. Wow. Um, and Joseph Rubin, director of The Good Son, Money Train, The Stepfather and True Believer. Those last two I hadn't heard of but apparently they were kind of festival darlings. Uh, any relation to the sandwich people? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, he had the idea to put Swiss cheese on it. Yeah, so he's got his – Is it a Swiss in, cheese? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So he's coming at it from – he's got a few feathers in his cap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's dominated the sandwich business. He wants yeah. to get into the So moving. It, went, it went sandwich then film. He wants to get into the moving pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been shopping around the Ruben story for some time. Man, that's, there's a story there. Yeah, there's a story. Uh, but we ended up with Tom Holland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now this guy was seen as an up-and-comer at the time. Yeah. Uh, he, was, he came through Spielberg's recommendation. So he was known about town. He was known about town. He'd done Fright Night, which was a big oh, hit, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a I've beloved film. I've never seen it, but apparently that's awesome. Yeah. And he even did the remake late. Oh, no, I think he was involved in the too. remake. They did a remake with Colin Farrell, which was part of like the Colin Farrell naissance of him being an interesting guy again. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And apparently that's really good too. So i got no beef with him. Oh, he seems like a bit of a dickhead, but I, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> we end up with this guy... Um, he also wrote Psycho 2, which apparently is okay. I think I don't, I don't know much about it. that. But, you know, but he's he didn't edit Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But he was a good get. Uh, Mancini was like, oh, wow, the Fright Night guy. How cool the Fright Night guy is going to make, make my movie? my doll, my How blood cool? doll. How cool, my blood doll. <laughs> but here's where it gets a little bit, things get a little bit sticky, a little bit icky. Um, he he was kind of he kind of boxed out Mancini a little bit. Just wouldn't let him really get involved at all. And to be fair, a writer's strike kind of landed at the same time. Mancini is still at university as well, so he kind of just lacked a, involvement at this point. As soon as it went into production, Mancini is kind of no longer involved. His little baby is is out there in the world in the potentially incapable hands of Tom Holland the first. Now he was a bit of an asshole on set. Okay. He's apparently, now this is like, you know, what we heard from from Ed Gale who was the little person that played Chucky when he had to run around. Oh, yeah? Uh, more on that in a second. He said, I heard him talking to the fucking whoever the fox. is like, how do I make this kid cry? Is it okay if I like blow smoke in his face or like can I, what can I do? <laughs> right. It's like, oh, this guy is. A, no, he's no Rob Reiner. And I'm reading this, I'm reading the oral history of, um, of Child's Play in this. And every time it cuts back to <laughs> cuts back to Tom Holland, he's like, 
Yeah, no, it wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know. Yeah, you got to yeah. get a reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Acting is reacting. Needless to say, the kid cried. Oh. Yeah. And Ed Gale says, when you look at that crying scene, it's pretty convincing. Tom is a genius director. As a person, I won't comment. Oh, oh, that's because Ooh. it's not going to be positive. Ooh. And you know what? He, his version of events, his version of the character, the man, is corroborated by the producer. Kirshner had tensions with him too. He was worried. He was getting a little bit too, in terms of the tone of the movie and, and the tension, he was worried it was too much Chucky. You know, like Jaws, man. Like you, yeah. you don't show the shark right away. Like you need tension. You, less is more, yada, yada, yeah. yada. Too much Chucky. This is compounded by the fact that Chucky is really hard to fucking do. Mm-hmm. It takes like the strength takes of a, ten men for one little person yeah. to light himself on fire and run into a fireplace. Like, there's a lot to do with the little Chucky. So this is pre CGI. Yeah. So even just from an output point of view, the, the finished product, too much Chucky. But even from a production technical point of view, you're asking for too much Chucky. Yeah. They came okay. to blows, and a little Andy, Alex Vincent, the kid that played Andy. He remembers being taken off set while they fought about it. <laughs> Get this fucking kid out of here. Get him out of here. I'll make him fucking cry. Kirshner says, I won't go into the near bloody details of the fight we had. So they had a fight. They were like pretty, they're like, Who, why the fuck did we get this guy? Yeah. Fight night, my ass, McBain. Yeah, fucking this guy. What an asshole. Um, so the film gets made. First cut is over two hours long. Uh-huh. They screen it for a test audience and it tanks. Uh-oh. Yeah, this is because. Too much doll. Bloody, bloody, too much doll. And I should mention as well, the the voice of the doll by um, Brad Dorff mm-hmm. was pre-recorded. They were using these recordings for reference on set to do the puppeteering and such. Yep, yep. So that's all pre-recorded. So get this for, it's not even a pre-casting, this is a recasting. Tom Holland decides he didn't want Brad Dorff and he recast the voice and he gets Jessica Walter. Okay. Jessica Walter you may know as the mother, Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. Oh. She was the voice of Chucky at some point for oh. that test audience. I think that, that test audience are the only people that have ever seen that. And it was basically a real like, what the fuck did you do to this movie moment? They take you off the movie. Oh. And, um, and you know what the sweet part of this story is? Nothing. Kirshner calls up Mancini and says, hey. We need your help. We've really, we've really made a meal of it. Yeah. And isn't that nice? So, you know, he packs his school bags, I suppose. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> he wraps them, ties them up in a belt, you know. They did that yeah, I like, never understood how they yeah, did that. Just get a bag, man. How you keep your pants up? I picture <laughs> They've got was... a backpack keeping their pants up and their books in a belt. <laughs> <laughs> Doing this wrong. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I think that's kind of nice. He, not that he did it all, but they little SWAT team of him and the other rewriter and, the, and Kirshner. Came in they and that it. Turd. They took they cut out at least half an hour. Some of the things they cut were um, so there was a scene. I'll just read this out. This is from the wiki, the Wikipedia's. Mm. Charles Lee Ray stalking a drunk woman as a as a human, only to discover it to be Mike Norris on an undercover sting operation. I think that might have been before the opening scene. Maybe it's how they get in the shootout or whatever. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't need it. Um, Andy's showing Chucky around his room and finding a photograph of his deceased father. Well, that could have been interesting. Yeah, I've got, a, I got a couple of thoughts on yeah. things there. Yeah, John healing an infant through a voodoo ritual, which is interesting. Again. They're trying to make him sympathetic. 
Um, and Chucky unsuccessfully trying to break into Andy's room at the mental hospital and tricking a mentally ill girl named Mona into carrying him into the ward. Not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting, interesting there. They they cut it for the better, it seems. Uh, you maybe could have had a dad. I've got, yeah, got a couple of thoughts I'll share later in, uh, in the show. Hey, a perfect movie this is not. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I just kind of like that they kicked this asshole. Well, yeah, yeah, I agree, <laughs> I agree with that. I'm, I'm not about this Tom Holland. I don't, I don't have a ton of precasts here, but I've got a good one that I think you're going to like and I expect an immediate impression. Elmo. John Lithgow is. Oh. <laughs> Under. Under. <laughs> Go to your room. <laughs> Sounds nothing like him. I can't do it. I was trying it all day. Rhonda. Uh, so they, when are we doing Ricochet? <laughs> is that when he says it? So he says, Rhonda. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, they, they, get, they get a little person in a the costume. They get a kid to make him play smoke in his face to cry. They, they, oh, yeah. they, get a, they get all these things together, put him in, a, in front of the camera there. Yep. Um, get a back, light, backlighting. Lights, lights, camera, action, three-point lighting systems and yeah, such. Yeah, Bish, um, bash, bosh, you got yourself a hit me rap party down at the old Viper Room. We'll play the trailer. Yeah. Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. Can we open my presents now, Mommy? A good guy. I knew it. Hi. <laughs> He's something, isn't he? This is Andy's. Time for bed, Andy. Good night, baby. Good night, Aunt Maggie. Good night, Chucky. Everyone knows most accidents happen at home. How did that happen? This is no accident. Andy! I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Andy! Miss Peterson's dead, Miss Barclay. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. Mommy, I know who was on the counter. Andy! Who, Andy? Chucky. Nobody believes you about Chucky. About child's play. Wow. What a trailer. That's a pretty good trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not a bad trailer, but Greg, I want to hear your breakdown. Yeah, okay. I can get under the skin of it a little more, perhaps. Um, That was quite a superficial. Uh, view. Uh, that was a that was a bit of a helicopter view, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Greed is good. Mm. The seminal line from Oliver Stone's 1988 classic Wall Street. Oh, also idiot. Yep. The phrase became a mantra of the capitalist era. Mm. The film depicts 
greed and capitalism in a legendary fashion. But far away from the cocaine-fueled executive floors <laughs> of the fancy Manhattan skyscrapers, we see a different take on the plight of capitalism. We're introduced to young Andy, glued to the TV, watching the Good Guys cartoon, head to toe in his Good Guy pajamas, pouring himself a sugar-fueled bowl of Good Guy cereal. Yeah, man. <laughs> Hurriedly returning to the TV where he sees an ad for a life-size good guy doll. Remember to tell mum and dad you want a good guy. (laughs) The evil marketing execs know that pester power works. It's Andy's birthday and all he wants is a good guy doll. To Andy's dismay, he receives some jeans and a good guy tool chest, not the doll. Karen, Andy's single mum, widow was unable to afford the doll on short notice. But her friend spies an opportunity to buy one off a peddler in the back street out the back of the department store she works at, which I assume is is all Grace Brothers. (laughs) What Karen and her doomed friend didn't realise was that in the opening of the film, we saw that serial killer Charles Lee Ray had used that exact doll to house his soul after performing a voodoo exorcism type thing in a toy store after losing a shootout with Susan Sarandon's husband. Classic toy store soul exchange shootout Susan Sarandon's husband. Correct. Classic. It's almost overplayed. <laughs> yeah, right. So Chucky is a serial killer and starts wiping various people out, then goes after Andy with a view to voodoo his way into his young body. It's also a love story between a boy and his television. <laughs> it is. That was oh. well synopsized. Thanks. Yeah. Probably give it I'd probably give it three stars. Oh, that's higher than I thought from you. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. There's a bit I like in here. Yeah. I found that too. And I, I don't know what it was when we nearly did this, that little false start on this movie a while ago. I was a little bit underwhelmed. I was too. So maybe I I didn't want to do it, remember? Yeah. I think I was like, oh maybe I subconsciously lowered the bar. Maybe it's because oh. I watched this right after Police Academy. That's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> but I really had a good time. There's, there's it's not a perfect movie, but yeah. I was like, I'm on board. Like, I'm in. Yeah. This is good. Maybe it's also just further into the pod. Maybe the bar has generally been lowered too, just in terms of well, maybe we watch yeah, a lot more movies. Well, maybe our eyes are more, you know, maybe, yeah, that's true. You know, but maybe yeah, maybe our palate is a little more sophisticated. We're picking we're just up on open. things. We're just, we're just open. open books. I don't know the reason for it. Maybe it's just a good movie because I think the character himself is pretty iconic. It did get a pretty good balance. I would have liked to maybe have a bit more ambiguity of like, or maybe the kid's crazy, but at this point that wouldn't have made a difference anyway because we all know Chucky. But yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was into it. And even the voodoo stuff, that did take me by surprise last year when we rewatched it. Like I didn't remember that at all. Yeah. And at first it didn't sit well, but then I was like, fuck, you know what? If I'm in this genre, I'm, I'm happy for weird for supernatural shit. Yeah. I think for me the voodoo bit could have either been dialed up or taken out. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. It makes sense that it was added almost the last element added yeah. because it could have been dialed up. Because that guy, like where did he come from? And yeah. voodoo, the bulb. The, I remember it gave me a flashback to memory when I was oh, a kid. Oh, he breaks the legs. The voodoo doll. That was yeah. a freaky concept. Now, there's a high chance it's a racist of, <laughs> in some way. But because um, I, I don't know. It's anyway. a Haitian thing, isn't it? Yeah, I don't yeah. See, I'm out, of, I'm out of my depth here. Yeah. But um, I wonder how much it comes into play in the sequels. I can't remember any of them. 
and there's still sequels now going on. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe they did dial it up more. I don't know, but I agree with that. That's fair. And But along those lines, I did like, I think what that allowed for was some of those nuances of like he gets shot and blood comes out and it's like it's because yeah. you're becoming more human yeah. and he gets his receding hairline. <laughs> I missed that. Once he's in the elevator. Really? Oh, that's, a, that's an ugly doll and he's like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a doll with a receding hairline. It's great. His <laughs> lo- hair gets longer. He had like a con air haircut. Don't fire. Yeah, don't fire. Oh, no, that's. With the bonnet. That's the, that's the rock. <laughs> same. The bonnet in the box. The bonnet back in the box. I, I like how the doll evolved throughout. So it went. Yeah. It went Chucky. It went Cameron Poe. And then it went Terminator. Like yeah. mini Terminator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, I don't know how strong this doll is. I was confused by that. Like, I think that's my ultimate thing with this movie. Because he did get thrown across the room a few times. Exactly. So Maybe he was strong but light. Yeah, and I, I found this time I didn't find myself thinking it while I was watching it. I thought about it more after I watched it. So they did a good job of, like, not having you think about it too much. Aside from when she's trying to hold the door shut and he's pushing it, I was a bit like, it's a doll. Like, mm, yeah. just kick him across the room. Like, yeah, I don't know. Because they don't explain any kind of super strength or any, like, anything like that. So, yeah, there's a bit there. Yeah, so that was, that's probably my only nitpick, really. I thought the kid was quite good too. I, and now I know why. Because <laughs> the director was, was fucking scared. Slapping yeah, he was him good. He was good. I he think was actually good. And what a sweet little kid. Yeah, I felt for him. He made breakfast in bed for his mum on, on his, his birthday. birthday. I rewound it three times and then I kept getting distracted. Do you ever do that? Yeah. Rewind it. I've got to pay attention this time and then you yeah, yeah. pick up your phone. Instagram. <laughs> but I was like, oh, wait, look. no, no, wait. Whose birthday is this? Yeah. Yeah, no, that is – what a sweetheart. What a sweet little guy. Actually, I used to take my parents tea and toast in bed. I wonder if Bruce will do that. Probably. Maybe. Now it's getting close to that time. I always do that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Damn, I was a good son. Interesting. Anyway, segue. Can I add to that? Mm. I really like the mum. I agree. I love the mum. She might be my MVP because I was, well, A, as a character, but even just performance-wise. Performance-wise. Yeah. And I was thinking I wasn't scared by the movie, but it had, hit me yeah. in the feels. Yeah. And she had a lot to overcome because I hated her in 7th Heaven. Yeah. I always hated her the most, which is in hindsight is probably more a reflection on me. I don't remember her that well. I remember she was there. I just remember 7th Heaven in those days. It was, it was on one Bill. of those, yeah. It was on one of those time slots where when we only had like four channels in Seven Australia. Seven. It'll always be odd. And I just thought she was so grumpy. But she had she like had a, a thousand kids, kids, man. So as an adult, I kind of understand it. But needless to say, she won me over in this and that's not easy. She's married to, to a kid, kitty fiddler. Yeah, in that show. In that show. You know who she's married to in real life? The visual effects artist from this movie. Oh, yeah. how about you say? She married Kevin Yeager. They met on this movie. Beautiful. Isn't that cute? Hollywood is such a romantic place. It really is. It's a long marriage. They were married. This is a long marriage. They got married in 1990. They're still married. That's nice. That's pretty good. Makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, I thought she was terrific. I would have liked, I think I sort of touched on it when you were were calling out some of the uh, areas that were cut. Yeah. I think because, yeah, for me the power in the movie was their relationship and this mum that was willing to do anything for her little boy. Yeah. I missed that she was a widow, but I had to. I looked at. I saw that in on Wiki. Yeah, and I feel like that could have been dulled up more because he's only young. So she obviously lost her husband not that long ago. Exactly. Have you seen Babadook? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Like the grief, it's the manifestation of yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Like Babadook in conceptually is pretty weird too. It's a, it's not a kid's doll, but it's a character from a kid's book. Well, exactly, and I got to imagine that was in the the Blood Buddy script originally, because you think about it being his unconscious, you know, yeah, angst or whatever, and feeding like, off that stuff. That may, would make sense. It's almost like Babadook. They went, I see what they're doing with Charles Play, but I'm just going to do it way smarter. Yeah. Because Babadook is fucking scary. Yeah, man. Like, wow, that's a good movie. Forget yeah. him being a gay icon, whatever. <laughs> it's a that's like that's like elevated child's play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kinda is, isn't it? Well, it's kinda like Mancini's probably sitting there going, That's what I was trying yeah, to do. Yeah. And they didn't get yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Well, the interestingly, the new one came out a couple of years ago. Mancini's not involved in. It's it's a reboot. Mm. It doesn't have uh, the same actor doing Chucky. It's it's got it's got Mark Hamill. It's got Mark Hamill, but it's weird that they did a reboot because the other the franchise is still alive. So it's just like a parallel universe type of thing. But um, interestingly, the reboot is slightly closer to Mancini's original intent. There's a bit more of that father figure issue because there's a stepdad in there. Yeah. And is he a jerk? Jerk stepdad? A, yeah, real jerk, like a fucking jerk. Oh, who Based plays on Tom him? Holland. Yeah. <laughs> the first. And, <laughs> who, who um, plays, do you know who plays uh, him? I can't it's remember. Aubrey Plaza, isn't it? Yeah. I like it's like Aubrey. a young version of Dennis Leary. Um, that's who it is in my head. It wasn't that, but someone yeah, okay. like that. The kid is older for some reason, so that found I found that really weird. But the fundamental difference, which somehow goes full circle back almost to the original intent, was there's no murderer soul in Chucky. The modern version is it's AI because it's a device oh, okay, yep. and it connects to everything. So a disgruntled worker took the safety measure off so it allowed him to become smarter and smarter. He loves Andy and he sees Andy's upset at the stepdad so it kills the stepdad. So it's closer to the idea of it oh, being yeah. taking out his enemies at first. Then eventually he gets pissed off that Andy Doesn't, discards him and yeah. it's like, no, I'll get you, you know, whatever. Classic. rest of the movie ensues. I can't remember it. Right I might have got really. part of that wrong. But the crazy part is, so Mark Hamill did the voice, but the guy that did the voice in this one, who's one of those guys I didn't realise was in a lot of stuff. James Earl Jones. <laughs> James Earl Jones, Mufasa himself, the yeah. serial killer. We got Luke Skywalker and his father. No, so Brad Duriff, 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 the guy that does Chucky's voice, he was in One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. He was in Dune. He, he gets in, a lobotomy in. Oh, is he the guy? He's the guy that gets lobotomy, isn't he? He's the kind of aggressive one. Oof. He's in Blue Velvet. He's in Mississippi Burning. He's in Deadwood. I think he's a doctor in Deadwood. Yeah, and, um, he's got a, that's a pretty high profile resume. And he was eh? he was nearly the Joker. Oh, what? before Jack Nicholson. Wow. Boyton wanted him, and the studio said, "Wow, no, that's a big wow. That's a big wow." But then it comes it full circle because the guy wow. that replaced him in the reboot was Mark Hamill, who's done the voice of the Joker in many, many, many cartoons wow. and video games. Wow. So it's uh, 360 Hollywood degrees. Hollywood strikes again. Hollywood strikes again. Hey, I also thought it was, there was a moment in this that was, I remember this from the last rewatch because it was genuinely like a pretty great horror movie moment. It sounds kind of cliche when you say it, but in the moment it's pretty great when she finds the batteries still in the box. Yeah. It was good, man. I actually, I had that as notes. I had like four lines of notes from when I watched it last year. And that was one of them. And that was. That was genuine yeah. like. Ooh. Yeah, that scene was like I think probably the only scene I got yeah. chills from. Yeah. The first, I didn't get it this year but last year when I watched it. And I quite like, I can't remember how far into that movie that was. It's but I kind of like. <laughs> really late. Was it late? Okay. I like that the, 
Well, I guess maybe not as early as I thought, but obviously they don't believe the kid right away. But it, there's a good chunk of the movie where they're all fighting Chucky, which I quite like. Like the the cop was in denial for a while, but he wasn't a total dickhead either. He's a good guy. He's oh, probably the stepdad now. He's a good guy. That would make sense. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely banged up. Yeah, because of the grief. And I the, wonder like, maybe emotion. in the sequel is he in it? Should we talk about him? Yeah, I don't know tons about him, but well, he's. That's where Susan Sarandon got Sarandon from. Yeah, she married him just for the name and then she left. And then she bailed as and far married as like Tim she, Robbins because yeah. he's taller. Yeah. And he can escape jail. And he did Bull Durham. Sure did. <laughs> I think that's where they met. I could be wrong about that. Is she in that? I don't know. I don't know. She's a fine woman. <laughs> she is. She's great. She's up there with Sally Field, you know that. Yeah. I do know that because I've got a few photos of her saved in the photo ready for deployment on the socials Oh yeah, tag at Greg Cardi. Yeah, Susan Sarandon is right up there. Yeah, but that's more, I don't want to say normal. I don't want to shame what you. What do you mean? <laughs> but what? that's more like of a mainstream. Point of view? She's, she's a babe. Yeah, yeah but she's Sally a... feels not. <laughs> nah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> what about the photo? <laughs> what about the smoking the band of photos? Uh, she's cute. She, she's not uh, nothing wrong with her, but it's just it's a it's a it's a choice, interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's not bad. This is doubtfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew it was a bit weird when I was watching that. Going, hey, she looks like her face looks like a teardrop. <laughs> Where were we? Did you know he did the voice of Jack Skellington? In The Nightmare Before Christmas. I did not. Not the singing voice. Who's he? Sarandon. Chris Sarandon. Oh, sorry. Yes, of course. Yeah. No. Oh, do you know what he's in? Yes. He's in Prince's Bride. Yeah. He's which the, I didn't he's even... the shithead. Yeah. Prince Humperdink. Yeah, the guy that wants to Humperdink. Yeah. He's got one of those faces. When I saw, because I looked it up and was like, who is he in Princess Bride? And I Google image it and I was like. Of course he oh, is. Yeah. He's um yeah, he looked the same. Yeah. I suppose they're probably made around a similar time in hindsight. Yeah, and they have the same face and everything. Yeah, is that he's Lord Farquhar. Basically, yeah. Yeah, so it's Rhonda. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Andy. <laughs> Andy. 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 It's yeah. not it's It's inten- like more richness. Intense to there. It. it needs more richness, which I just don't have. Andy. You can't fake no. I can't yeah, fake no, the it's richness. Got a depth, doesn't he? Um can we talk about the special effects? You know me. I'm a real junkie for the old practicals. FX. Yeah, you yeah. big time are. And, uh, what was I your mean, take here? I, I liked it. There were obviously, you know, you can be, you can nitpick. But I think overall it's pretty bloody great. I think the fact that it's a robotic doll for most of it, animatronic doll I suppose is the terminology, because it's a doll and like we saw and you guys heard, on that Twilight Zone clip, that was just a regular doll too. It almost doesn't even need to be that animated because it's meant to be a doll. Yep. So it's the fact, you know, dealing with all the Uncanny Valley kind of stuff, that just adds to the creepiness, which is fine. So almost like the worse it is, the better it is. Yeah. But I think they did a good job. It took – so Kevin Yeager was the was the, mm-hmm. Great the puppet master, so to speak. Yep. He's a young puck, 24 years old. He just come off Nightmare on Elm Street three. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, and um, I respect youths that get cracking. Man, he started all this shit. It took like ten or so people to do the animatronic version, and it had to be connected to wires and things. So they would have, you know, someone for the hands. Remember, we did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, very similar. Tumt, tumt, 
Yep. To have someone with the hands, but then someone just for the eyebrows, someone just for the bloody mouth, like all these different people controlling different things. They're trying to synchronize it to the pre-recorded audio of Chucky, and then some, they would sometimes do it at half speed, so they could kind of match the tempo of his speech and then speed it up after. But then the other part that's kind of trippy is I mentioned they had a little person play him, uh, Ed Gale, for the moments uh-huh. he had to run around and stuff. So they'll do like animatronics and then cut to the wide shot of him running across the room and it's Ed Gale in there, yeah, a, a little person. But the thing is he's he's 30% bigger than Chucky. So they had to build sets, replicate the sets oh. 30% bigger. How cool is that? That's cool. They lit him on fire too. <laughs> that was him. They lit him on fire. Chucked him in the... I got a pretty cool clip of him talking about it. He seems like an interesting fella. And so you can take a puppet and you can make him leave a scene by saying, I'm out of here. Cut. Because as far as you can go. You know, that's as far as you can go. Then they would put me and I would do the exact same thing. See you later. And I could actually get up and leave. Then the, the magic of editors... They, they put the two together. So I basically, in the first child's play, shot almost everything that Chucky shot. And the editors chose what to use and what not to use. But you also have to understand I'm 33% bigger than Chucky. So all my sets had to be 33% bigger. So the living room, you know, the, the sofa would be 30% bigger. The kitchen sink would be 30% higher. But they went to the nth degree. The light switch was 33% bigger. The screws that screwed in the wall plates were 33% bigger. No, they went to the nth degree, to the doorknobs, to everything. Takes his job very seriously. He does. You have to. Fair enough. There's plenty of other little people out there for that role. There is. You have to be the most professional, serious one of all. Yeah. I feel for him. 100%. Nailed it. Now it was good. Believable. He had a little competition on the set though because um, also – so Alex Vincent's little two-year-old sister played Chucky in a couple of little bits. Oh. Like I think the part running up the fire escape. They did a pretty good job of that shit. Like you can definitely tell that some parts are animatronic and some parts are running more like a human. But in terms of the scale, that shit he's talking about, I didn't notice any of that. They went on to do that for the next few movies too. He came, He came back. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice that either. I love that. I love the well, I love the foresight that they did that. And it sounds like they shot everything with him and without him and decided in post which which shots to use, which is pretty clever. I hope this had nothing to do with Holland. Feels like a Holland idea. A Holland idea. Tom Holland, the first Oh, the asshole. Yeah. Well, you know what was probably his idea is technically making Setting him on fire? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wasn't going to say that. Uh. <laughs> I can't remember if it was in this one or in one of the sequels, but Ed Gale, that guy who played him, they technically had him as a, categorised as a stuntman so they could pay him less. That's a bit shit. That's heap shit. That's shit. That's shit. Fuck. Especially if it's, it's worse if it's in the sequels because they made all kinds of money. Anyway, I took a look at the history of scary dolls. Same. Oh, did you? Yeah, yes. I did. Yeah. Did we find the same article? Because I go my first step is when I have a thought at least I just Google it and see if someone else has already written it. Oh, right? yeah. And luckily someone else had. I got an article from Den of Geek. Did you have the same one? I don't know. Let's go. So um, I'll try and yes and. The first one, according to this article, was, which is kind of eye-opening in and of itself uh-huh. because of The Simpsons, The Great Gabbo. 
Gabbo, Gabbo, Gabbo. In terms of movies. There's a Gabbo movie? There's a Gabbo movie. Although strangely the the dummy's name is Otto, but the ventriloquist name is Gabbo. What year is that? That was 1929. Oh, yours predates mine. Yeah, right. This article had The Devil Doll released in 1936. I've got that too. Maybe there's a nuance of whether it's a ventriloquist doll or like a kid's Mm. toy or something because this was a ventriloquist doll, which I feel is the broader, you know. I think that's a doll. It's a doll, mate. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tip. (laughs) Yeah. But um, it's been around for a while, right? Uh Yeah. I think um, there were a few other ones. There was Had at Night in 1945. The Twilight Zone episode came out in 1963. I already played that clip. Asylum, 1972, Trilogy of Terror, which is one of the influences yeah. cited earlier, 1975. Deep Red, also 1975. Magic, 1978. This one was interesting because it had Sir Anthony Hopkins. It did. It yeah. did. Apparently that is kind of like the modern benchmark oh, really? of the whole idea. So that was like when it became a, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. we're rolling it's with a this. thing now. This is, this is it. Yeah. yeah, right. Interesting. Did you um, – did, did you come across Dolls? Do you remember the film Dolls? So I, I've got it in the list, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. So you know when you're doing your notes and you kind of go down, you get mm. something sort of intrigues you and you just end up spending a bit too much time on it? Yeah. I, I think I've seen this movie, but I can't – I really want to watch it. Because it's only the year before Chucky as well. It's 87, yeah. that's right. And the concept is it's this like English side Whoa. manner and it's a, a little girl and her dad who's a fuckwit and, his, and her stepmother who hates her – the dad doesn't want her either, quite oh. vocal about it, and the car breaks down and they've got to go into this house with this little old couple, little old lady, little old man. Oh. There's puppets everywhere and they're like a puppeteers or whatever. And then another Ooh. another hitchhikers come in and, you know, puppets. So I think Scary Movie lends its, um, borrowed a bunch ah. of it. It's pretty famous. But anyway, these puppets like steal your souls if you're evil. And But there's – that's Oh, yeah. Is that when he drags them under the bed? In scary movie, so I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. <laughs> so I think it's like that out. Oh no, he just starts dragging the. Yeah, he, yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. <laughs> I think he skull fucks it or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like that's a scary concept because there's heaps of dolls. Yeah. Sometimes I felt like Chucky just wasn't enough doll. Yeah, that's a good point. Sorry, keep going. That's all I got because then there's dolls, and then there's child's play. And obviously since then. Puppet Master? When did the Puppet Masters come out? Oh, interesting. I don't know. I, don't I think know. there's been a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now obviously we've got Annabelle. Yeah. So Annabelle, I didn't know this, was part of the Conjuring Iverse. universe. Yeah. So she got a spin-off. I get them all mixed up. She I got a spin-off. I, I think I've seen The Conjuring. That was quite scary. That was Australia's own James Wan, I believe. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But um, I don't know if he did Annabelle. But do, you, do you know any other... Horror spin-offs? The Nun is also from the same. Ah. I think. I think. But there's two that I get mixed up. There's The Conjuring and there's the other one. What's the other one? Paranormal Activity? The Conjuring. There's something else. The Knowing? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there's been a lot of bloody sequels and bloody there's a TV series coming of this movie. There is. The, yeah, they love a franchise. Yeah. Well, I, but I do love that Mancini just went all in on this and it became his thing. Same. Have you seen so – we talked about the early ones. I haven't seen any of the later ones, which apparently get a lot better. Well, yeah, I I, I, I did a little run here on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, me too. Oh, go for it. Stop it. You go. Uh, well, when I say run, I took a screenshot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of the um, top the, – the rankings. The rankings, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because I was interested – because this one was 
number one was, you know, and quite often they start off somewhere and then end up yeah. in kind of satire and and slapstick. Or Which and, seems like we're at, it got a bit self-aware yeah. in a good way. Like it was, I think the third one came along and as a dud, that might be the lowest ranking. Yeah, probably. I think, yeah, number three gets a sort of 29 slash 33 percenter. Yeah. Yeah, that was ranked eight. So there's eight There's eight Chucky movies. It's a lot, hey? Yeah. And one of them is that reboot I mentioned that, that Mancini wasn't involved in, but every other one in he wrote. I think he directed half of them or whatever. Even um, Andy comes back in a few of them in the later ones. Well, it's Cult of Chucky and Curse of Chucky. Is when Andy Vincent comes back. Well, they're the top two. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And Mancini did both of those and they were – so, and Andy's back in both of those too. Yeah, yeah, right. So Curse of Chucky 2013. You know what's crazy? I nearly watched Curse – it's on Netflix. I nearly watched Curse of Chucky last week. I was in the mood for a scary movie and then I bailed. And now I see the Rotten Tomatoes score. I'm like, fuck, I should have watched it. And it's, it's – am I correct in reading the tomato is critics and the popcorn is viewers? I think so, yeah. Because both of them have significantly higher critic scores, 76 to 56 yeah. for Curse well, it sounds like 79, 46 for Cult. It sounds like Curse was the bit of a, a rebirth of sorts. I think the continuity still applied because Andy's in it. Is Fiona but, um, Durif, um I think the tone changed a bit. Fiona Dureef, did old mate have a snippy Bruce Caitlin type scenario? Oh, wait, what is, why, why? Wasn't the voice of Chucky a Dureef? Yeah. But who's the other voice? Is that a voice? Another Star- voice? Starring Fiona Durif. What? Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, Jennifer Tilly's in there, Bride of Chucky, right? No, Brad Durif's there as well. What's Who's Fiona Durif? Is that his daughter? Maybe because they have a kid. Seed of Chucky is the kid. But then apparently that's for, <gasps> that explores LGBT oh. stuff. So I think that's the thing. It, it became a bit of more of a uh, self-aware, you know, well, maybe more of a Babadook. Yeah. Because... Uh, Mancini is a gay man and he wanted to start to explore that in the movie. Yeah, That's apparently funny. he's the sort of only open gay directory sort of writer in the, in the, genre. In the genre. That's cool. Which surprised me. Yeah. Don't know why. Well, it's just, <laughs> but it did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not like, it's like macho, you know. In theory, thought. yeah. Uh, generally, yeah, it is. Yeah. Like there's just lots of like, man, you attack the girl and like mm. there's lots of, you're right. Yeah. And, um. There's a TV show coming next year. Yeah, I saw that. And Mancini's involved in that too. So, yeah, it's fascinating. I'm ready for it. I think I'm, I want to watch those, the top two. So actually, well, let's go through them. So the, the yeah. number one ranked one is Cult of Chucky from 2017. Number two is Curse of Chucky from 2013. Number three is this one, Child's Play, the original. Number four was Ch- the Child's Play reboot, the one I was talking about before from last year. Number five was Bride of Chucky. So I'll just add, they're the those top four are the only ones that are get a that are not over fifty percent. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah good point. Um, number two is number six. <laughs> <laughs> Seed of Chucky, number seven, and number eight is Child's Play three. Look at the cover of Seed of Chucky. Yeah, well, they have a, they literally have a kid, and I think the kid's gay or something. But it seems so over the top that it might be fun. Who's the other uh, kid with? She looks like an evil doll as well. It's Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're talking Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't have guessed that one. Uh, oh, well, well, since we talked about um, shitbag Tom Holland, the first, because yeah, this is hard to say because I love Tom Holland. He's our recasting everything. Yeah. But Tom Holland, the director, yeah. 
His career screeched to a grinding halt after this. As far as I know, excuse my ignorance if there's things that I'm not aware of that mm. these are big movies. But Sorry. He's only got five movies to his name after this. Uh-huh. 1993, The Temp. 1996, Thinner, which I believe is a Stephen King thing. Oh, yeah. 2010, To Hell With You. 2011, Fright Night. He was just involved in story there, though, the reboot. 2017, Rock, Paper, Scissors. So you know what? Yeah. Hey, work hard and be nice to people. I got something to say to you. Fuck you, asshole. Yeah. Don't be dickhead. Don't mm. be dickhead. Pay the little people. Pay the literally. Literally. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Should we get into the verdict? Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I got an overall thought here, Greg. Yeah, give it to me. Look, I think I think Chucky is certainly iconic. Probably more iconic than this particular picture itself. But I think yeah. it's definitely worth a rewatch as a, if you're a fan of the franchise or a fan of a fan of or a fan, a fan or a fan of horror in general. I think it's up these Chucky's funny little face is up there in the Mount Rushmore of iconic horror bad dudes uh-huh. in my mind. So it's definitely worth a revisit in that sense. It's always good to visit, you know, where where something like that starts. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think the the practical effects, of course, really really bring it home to me. That makes it like that's the that's the cherry on top. Mm. But I enjoyed it, man. I think it's maybe it's the Halloween season. It's the pumpkin spice in the air that's really <laughs> <laughs> really gotten to me. But I I really liked it. Nice. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I I enjoyed it. As I say, I the Family angle, I think, hit me yeah. in the feels nice and got me there. <laughs> and that, that was enough. That was enough for me. The rest kind of fell into place. I liked, I liked the performance from the from the main cast. I think it was a good cast. Yeah, it was. And I, look, I th- yeah, I think there's there was room for more. Um, yeah, Ala Babadook, and I would like to watch the remake to see see how they treated it because I it's interesting. I think it's remakeable. Yeah, conceptually. It's interesting. I don't like the look of Chucky. The voice is good. Um, the kid's too old. It's a bit weird. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But it's worth a watch. I think it's on Amazon. Mm, I'll probably just watch Babadook again. Yeah. Also on Amazon. Oh, too scary though. Yeah, that was oh. that was actually scary. Where does it become fear versus discomfort? I don't know. There's like a The difference is when you gotta wake up to pee in the middle of the night. That's when you know if you're scared. Oh, okay. Yeah. Scared you went to bed? Because you go to you're alive when you go to sleep. No, because <laughs> you are scared to to actually get up and go oh. walk in the dark. Yeah, right. That used to happen to me when I lived in this lived in the scarier house. Oh yeah, in Pato. Yeah, because yeah. it was a scary hallway. I was like, did I leave that door open? Why is that door open? I'll hold it in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pee in my hand. <laughs> I'll pee in this cursed skull I found in this ancient Indian burial ground. Um, speaking of, did Simpsons do it? Of course they fucking did. Uh-huh. Now we've cited this one before for Gremlins because this is where he got the cursed doll. Yeah. Frog it. <laughs> That's good. Contains potassium. That's good. Um, there's several references. There's a few yeah. sprinkled throughout, but the, the the real one we're talking about is from Treehouse of Horrors uh, 3, 
Clown Without Pity. I'm Krusty the Clown, and I love you very much. Oh, Dad, this is the best birthday I've ever had. That town is evil, I tells you. Evil! Evil! Grandpa, you said that about all the presents. I just want attention. And in environmental news, scientists have announced that Springfield's air is now only dangerous to children and the elderly. Woohoo! I'm Krusty the Clown, and I don't like you. <laughs> I'm Krusty the Clown, and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Didn't even pull the string that time. I said I'm going to kill you. You, Homer Simpson! Oh, yeah? With what? What's wrong? But it's interesting because now that I'm aware of the Twilight Zone episode, it's equally that. Yeah. Because it says, I'm Krusty the Clown and I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Like it's I, literally. I picked that up. Yeah. Simpsons, they did it again, didn't they? I think you're right in terms of having a little listen to some of those Twilight Zones. I yeah. never really have seen it. I and think I've seen it. I think there might, was there a remake at some point that, I, that we might have seen when we were yeah, kids? Yeah, something shit. Maybe that's Amazing Stories. But we all wet our fucking pants over Black Mirror, and some of those only have some of those seasons only have four episodes. I I'm sure you could find four episodes from each season of um, Twilight Zone that are awesome. What uh, else we got? What else we got? Porn parody. Now yeah. this was an interesting one. I without really thinking about it, typed in child's play porn parody, and for the first time I've ever seen in my life, a Google prompt came up with a warning of like child porn is illegal. And I was like, wait, oh, no. Am I like on a list now somewhere? Oh. Yeah. I think it was it was more like a warning of if you see anything. But still I was a bit like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't even think oh, of that when I typed it in. I'm comfortable right now. Yeah. I, didn't I don't think, think I, I, I would have typed in. I would have. Well, then I typed in Chucky. Maybe I typed in Chucky. Yeah. And then ironically when I typed in Chucky there was something called adults play. Mm. Oh, that's very unsettling. It is. Don't, don't do it, guys. Special don't effects. do it, guys. I think special effects is a pass for me. Yeah. I mean, for the time as well. Um, well, that's the whole point. It doesn't hold up now. Yes, it does. Um, explosions. Oh, there's a few. He blows up a house. That was quite cool. Yeah, yeah, Down yeah, the yeah, south side there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you say Chicago is a main character in this movie? Um, there were glimpses of. Yeah, yeah. It was a supporting character. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Recast this. I didn't do any recasts. I didn't. Here. Nah. Yeah, it's a reboot recently. What can yeah, you do? exactly. Six Degrees of JCVD, I didn't do either. Sorry. I had a play okay, and I spent about 15 minutes on it. And yeah, it was just, dead ends. Yeah, just yeah. gave up. Yeah. Gave up, friends. Sorry, guys. But sometimes uh, when things are hard, you just shouldn't avoid them. Yeah. Just life give up. lesson. MVP. I think I'll give it to the mum, which I we like should actually say her name because that would be nice. Catherine Hicks. Catherine Hicks, a.k.a. Karen. She was good, a.k.a. Seventh Heaven Lady. Yeah, I gave it to her too. She really won me over. Me too. I thought she was great um, and I really felt for her. Yeah. And I think there could she have been. She was awesome. She was doing the best she can. She, yeah. Oh, she, she got an asshole bus. She was doing anything. Oh. Well, she didn't have enough money because she's paying a lot of fucking rent. Rent. that? Yeah, just on the apartment. Can we talk about this? Because you know what's become a meme is the McAllisters also from Chicago. Yeah. Oh, how do they afford that house? Mm. I reckon that apartment's more expensive than that house. Yeah. <laughs> It's a big apartment. Do you know what I noticed in the chases? There's a lot of doors. Yeah. There was a lot of door slamming and running through a door and closing a door. How many doors are you going to have? 
I got like three doors in this house. Uh-huh. Wait. Yeah, I've got three. Uh, beside front door and back door. Uh-huh. One, two, three. Yeah. Three doors. I've counted at least 12 doors. That's a big house. Uh-huh. In the prime location in Chicago, the top floor by the looks of things. Oh, a friend had a nice apartment too. Yeah. Art yeah. Decker. Yeah. Decker. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we doing next week? Uh, oh, damn cap. Damn cap. Damn cap. Read it, Wolverine. <laughs> uh, hey, leave us a review if you haven't already. Uh, th- thank you for those uh, that already have. We appreciate you guys. You can follow us on Instagram or on the Facebooks. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at doubleimpactpodcast at gmail.com. Um, thanks for listening. Hey, Gary. I didn't tell my. Oh, oh yeah. low-key VP. Oh, yeah. The store manager. I can't even remember. Oh, the dickhead. Do you like your job here? <laughs> and the chick's going, I haven't had a date this an agency. I can't imagine why. He was a real asshole. Yeah, 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 he was. Great asshole boss. Capitalism. I've got to recast you for him. Andy Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just popped into my head. I that love would it. Work. That would work. More Andy Dick. More Andy Dick. Apparently he's a bit of a dick. But I hope so. Yeah. I'd be disappointed otherwise. Yeah. It's one of those guys you can't tell if he's just being like in character or something. Yeah. Anyway, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.